Welcome to the official podcast for Triumvir Clio's School of Classical Civilization. I'm Beth, a.k.a. Triumvir Clio. Hello again. Welcome back. It's July, or it will be when this episode drops. I I don't know where the year is going. I'm sure having a full-time job again is, well, <laughs> taking up a lot of time. Crazy how that works. But I still feel like time has sped up. Um, maybe it's making up for the decades that 2020 lasted. So 2021 needs to compress itself to make up for how long 2020 took. I don't know. Anyway, today we have book two of the Georgics, also known as the second Georgic. Again, I'm working from the fairly recent David Ferry translation. It is lovely. I recommend it. But you can also find public domain version online, uh, Project Gutenberg, Theoi, I think might have one, um, Perseus, the, the, Google, you will be able to find <laughs> find a, a free public domain version available. Um fairly easily. Book two begins with a reminder that the previous book was about the stars and the seasons and farming and now the poet will turn his attention to the trees. He is the Lorax. He speaks for the trees. There are all kinds of trees. Willows and chestnuts and oaks and elms and they all grow in different ways. Some spread their roots and sprout new trees that way. Others grow from seeds. Some reach high to the sky and some spread themselves wide. So many different types of trees. Now, a farmer understands the trees and Virgil then goes into great detail on various ways of grafting, which is how a pear tree can bear apples. Seriously, he spends a really long time on the process of grafting, as well as how to care for grafted trees and the best pairings of trees. After this lengthy discussion of grafting, Virgil turns his attention to the actual fruit that trees bear, pointing out that you can't always compare apples to apples, or grapes to grapes, or olives to olives. No, you must take the terroir into account. Different land is better suited for different grapes, and those different grapes are better suited to make different wines. But this book is about the trees. So he gets back to that topic and discusses the relationship between the trees and the terroir and which trees grow best where. And he ranges far and wide in that discussion from the Ganges to Gibraltar. But this brings him back to terroir. The land impacts everything. The crops that grow, the animals that can graze, the people who live there. He spends a bit of time speaking of various tribes and how the land has led to their stereotypical personalities. Nice job, Virgil. You know, it's not quite racism as we know it today, but it's charming. But he gets back to farming eventually. And he gets back to that focus on trees. And he goes into detail on the types of soil and the trees that grow best in each type before settling on the discussion of grapevines and wine. Because wine. Seriously, this is Beth speaking, not Virgil. If you're ever in Italy, just order the house red or the house white at whatever trattoria you happen to be eating at. Trust me, you won't regret it. It's all good. Um, yeah. Italian wine. It is 
fabulous. And now I'm homesick for Rome. Anyway, back to Virgil. Bacchus has given us this lovely gift, but Virgil reminds us that it also led to the deaths of the centaurs, Roetus, Pholus, and Hylaeus, after they got drunk, so fair warning. After that brief tangent, Virgil returns to the simple life, the good life in the country. City living, blech. Nothing is as wonderful as good country living. It's been a good ride. We should let the horses rest. And that is the end of book two. Seriously, if the poetry weren't so beautiful, if Virgil weren't such a wonderful poet, this could be really dull subject matter. I, but I honestly, I think if you get a good, a good audio version with just that good bedtime story voice, that the poetry could lull you to sleep and not... Not because it's boring, just in that nice, gentle letting the words flow over you and feeling the rhythms of, of the seasons and the planting and that it, it's a be- it is beautiful poetry. Anyway, one of the things that I love about this, when we think of ancient Rome, we think of the city, right? We think of the architecture, the aqueducts bringing water to the city, the amphitheaters in the city. We think of the palaces in the city. We think of the city of Rome. We think of Pompeii. We forget that most people still lived in villages and on farms. But with this in-depth commentary on agriculture, we get a picture of what life was like for a lot of common folk living in the late Roman Republic and early Roman Empire. I, I don't know that I really have a lot to comment on that I didn't tangentially hit as I gave the summary, which is why I didn't do an act break like I normally would. Um, I would love to hear your thoughts, though. Come over to the blog and share. It's at triumvirclio.school.blog. The URL and maybe a link are in the show notes. You can also find me on Patreon as triumvirclio. That URL is in the show notes, too. The next episode will cover the next chapter of the Bibliotheca, Book 1, Chapter 7. Talk to you then. You can join the discussion of this and everything covered in this podcast by following the link in my show notes. And if you're enjoying what you've heard so far, please consider supporting the show with a monthly donation of your choosing, just like public radio. And please also consider giving a five-star review on your podcatcher of choice so that more people can discover the fun that is Triumvir Clio's School of Classical Civilization.